so you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Franke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hey, Star Wars Rebels fans. Welcome to the Rebels podcast. This is episode... Well, this is Prologue 6. We're going through the prologues before we get to the main episodes. If you're new to the show, my name is Matt, and let me welcome in your host and creator, Michael Cohen. What's up, my friend? Hey, uh, we got some awesome new sort of first look, couple of first looks. We do. Real looks yeah. at Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. So we thought, uh, you know, even though we don't have any guests scheduled, which is what we've been trying to do with the, the prologues, that, uh, that Matt and I would sit down. And actually, go through uh, the 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 seven minute extended look and yeah. the uh, and the first short, and just kind of uh, break them down and discuss them because because uh, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to get familiar with. Uh, it's kind of cool that <laughs> I like uh, I I mean Lucasfilm really should be hiring me and I should be working there because. <laughs> uh, uh, keen fans of, of uh, Frontlines and Rebels might know from the very beginning of the Rebels podcast, our slogan, you just heard it in the opening, uh, in the intro music, I, I, our slogan is Welcome to the Rebellion, right? And uh, and then Star Wars Rebels and Disney XD, their slogan that they've been using is Join the Rebellion. So. Right. And they did that after we had already done the Welcome to the Rebellion thing. They go, man, we're going to change it. What are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, then, uh, and then we're doing our prologue episodes, as this is the sixth prologue episode, and then when season one starts, we'll start numbering them season one, episode one, and sort of go through that way. But I, there, it, Lucasfilm is also kind of doing the same thing. By putting out these these uh, mini episodes, almost these short stories mm-hmm. that they're going to be putting out every Monday uh, in the month of August. So uh, we've got the first one of them, the Ghost in the Machine, to talk about tonight. Right. But uh, before we get into that, uh, there's there's been a little bit of news as well. So yeah. uh, Matt, what, what do yeah. we got for news? Well, a couple things. Uh, the first thing is just real quick. I mean, since the start of the show, Mike, we've all a lot of us has asked, are we going to see? Some original trilogy characters, and most notably, are we going to see Darth Vader in this in this series? And then with the Inquisitor, mm-hmm. we kind of like, well, maybe not. You know, maybe he'll just be in the background. But there has been some, I guess, rumors, whatever you want to call it, that hey, we might see Darth Vader in this episode. There's been some merchandise out there featuring uh, Darth Vader masks, and I think there was something else. That had the Star Wars Rebels logo on it. Now, does that mean he's going to be in Rebels? Probably not. I don't. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But, but it does. You know, people have been talking, Mike, and and could we see Darth Vader because they're kind of promoting him with some of the Star Wars Rebels merchandise? So, I mean, what was you? Have you thought? Have, did you ever think we'd see Vader in this thing? Or I don't know if we ever got your take on that. I do, I do. I yeah. think we talked about it maybe in like one of our first episodes, first ones, or, or yeah. maybe when we were talking about Clone Wars. But uh, I do think that we will eventually see Vader. I don't know that Vader will ever get directly involved, um, or if he'll just kind of always be like kind of you know that that feeling that you get of the Emperor in uh, in in a New Hope and Empire. Right, like in in a New Hope, he's barely referenced. We just know that there's an emperor because there's an empire, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. but um, there is like the one mention around the boardroom table on the Death Star where it's like the emperor has dissolved the 
like the last remnants of the old republic whatever the the senate or whatever and then we see obviously the our first look at the emperor in in empire um but i think that vader will serve that function uh if we ever see him on rebels Mm -hmm. the what they would do i don't know that they have an end game yet because because i don't really think that that dave filoni has talked about it if i could interview him it would probably be one of the first things that i would ask right because clone wars obviously never got sort of its its proper finish um it definitely did wrap itself up nicely uh and there was kind of a, a, a a nice uh, synchronicity or, or like a, a nice symmetry uh, as George Lucas would say between the first episode of the Clone Wars and the last episode but I, they never really got to finish telling some of the stories that they wanted to mm-hmm. and I would hope that Rebels has sort of like a beginning, middle, and an end especially with it being so close to uh, uh, A New Hope, yeah, new hope right? right? We know that we're five years out from A New Hope so I mean, I don't think that each season will necessarily be a year, but uh, let's think about it in in sort of similar terms. That means five seasons, and I think five seasons is a good is a good length. I think five seasons is enough. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's five years, which means that episode seven and eight will be out. If right. not, and a spinoff, yeah. nine, right? And two spinoffs, right. like at least seven, eight, and two spinoffs will have been released we will have watched them within five years right so um that means that by the time we get to the end of that hopefully we would have some other cool material to for for uh, uh the the lucas animation team to jump on and do a different animated series mm. um and and sort of get into something fresh and new and sort of wrap up that story so i don't know if that's something that's in the works i don't know if that's something that's planned um, I would hope, and this is sort of going to tie into to when we actually talk about the episodes, I would hope that they've learned their lesson from the Clone Wars, which I think they have based on what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, these stories need to be self-contained. They need to be, they there needs to be a narrative to follow. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as jumping around in the Clone Wars was fun, we never got to live with too many of the characters for too long. And I, I think, I think that sort of hindered it more than it helped. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I would really hope that what we're going to see in, in rebels is uh, a very clearly defined beginning, middle and end uh, that they already have in mind so that if they are going to bring Vader in, they know already when they're going to bring Vader in. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and maybe he shows up at the very end of the series, and uh, and maybe even the very end of the series ties into the very beginning of a new, new hope. hope, right? Right, exactly. like yeah. we don't officially canonically know how those Death Star plans got to Princess Leia onto the Tantive Four, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there is every chance that that I. Uh, uh, Hera, Kanan, Ezra, and and the rest of the Ghost crew, that they had something to do with it, right? right? Maybe they're not right. directly involved, or maybe they were kind of like three three intermediaries removed from it. But maybe they were the ones who discovered the plans in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know that yet. I'm sure, like that. When I say that, I know that there are stories out there. I don't want anybody to get upset. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. that things have been written. I know that there are comics and there are novels and. And, and other things that, that definitely cover this ground. But <clears throat> canonically, because now the canon is just the movies and the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's the whole canon, um, we don't have an official story for how that happens. And, and Rebels is official canon. So, um, so we might actually get to see that unfold. If we do, that's kind of the perfect place to bring Vader in, right? Like, that's that's the point when that happens but everything we know about how they're going to use the inquisitor <clears throat> leads me to believe that if they are going to use vader we won't really get to see him until season three mm-hmm. at the earliest i would think right because i think that what we're going to get is a season one that consists mostly of of our rebels sort of uh, i i 
you know, uh, outfoxing, uh, uh, um, oh man, what's his name? Is it Callus? Is that the guy? Agent, Agent Callus. Agent Callus, yeah. Right. Um, and, and him sort of getting more and more frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. And then eventually uh, the Inquisitor showing up towards the end of the first season. And them having like a confrontation that they don't necessarily win or lose. Mm-hmm. Right? That we're just kind of left with towards the end of the season. Remember, it's only 16 episodes. Right, so yeah. uh, towards the end of the season, kind of being left hanging with like, oh, now we're going to get to see in season two we're really going to going to get to see these characters clash, right? Not what we've seen so far, which uh, in, in, uh, I think we talked about it last, last episode. Um, sort of the Inquisitor being way more than a match for, for Kanan, right? Mm-hmm. And, and them yeah. having to run away, essentially. Retreat, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, I think what we'll see is that sort of dynamic throughout season one, um, rather than... Like like I said, if they've learned their mistakes from from the Clone Wars, uh, which I definitely think that they have, mm-hmm. then then we're not going to get that grievous effect that we had in season one and two of, of the Clone Wars. Where uh, by the time that you bring them back in season three, four, five, and six, uh, it's general grievous. I'm really not that worried, right? Um, <laughs> it works for that character, so like I don't I don't think that grievous has has been done a disservice by the Clone Wars in that sense, but I do think that the stories in the Clone Wars kind of lost a little bit of their oomph every time that Grievous was on screen, because in those first two seasons, they really, like, went toe-to-toe with him a lot, and he was always losing, right? So it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. you get to episode three, and you're kind of like, it do, like, is it really that big of a deal that, that Obi-Wan and Anakin are... are you know, landing on Grievous's flagship, they've been here before, right? Like, like they've, they've sort of, they've done all this stuff. It's, it kind of a little bit tired, but, um, his sort of backwards because that's what happened first and then the Clone Wars. But, but yeah, so that's a really long answer to, will we see Darth Vader in Rebels? <laughs> but, well, you know, it's funny is like the same thing happened, uh, about a week or so ago. It came out that, uh, Boba Fett was showing up on like the slave one was showing up on some Clone Wars, merchandise or clone wars marked merchandise so clone wars or rebels i mean i'm sorry rebels merchandise star wars rebels merchandise so again you know there's another question you know we're going to see boba fett too so uh i definitely think we could you know this is the how old would boba fett be by that time i mean he'd be old enough to uh, I mean, he would be an adult by then and have yeah. a slave one, I'm yeah. sure. So who knows? But uh, Yeah, well, it's a perfect opportunity to bring D. Bradley bring Baker back, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So also, we have a, a street date, Mike, for the DVD. Yeah. Uh, October 14th. I guess we're going to get the first two episodes. So that I would think that we're going to see these first two episodes before October 14th. I mean, they can't put the DVD out before we actually see it. So, yeah. So I mean, my guess here is that those first two episodes are, are what's going to be aired on, on Disney channel. Right. Cause we know right. we're going to get that one hour special on Disney channel. Basically what, what Tim and everybody saw at, at Comic-Con. Um, that's, that's what, what we're sort of led to believe at this point. We're going to see that. And then, uh, and then the show's going to start airing proper on, on Disney XD. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is that at this point we will see that sometime because we know it's October. We know that's when we're when we're going to see uh, uh, Rebels because that's right. what what everything has been saying. But those have all been Disney XD ads saying coming October twenty fourteen. So. Uh, like whether or not we see we see that movie sooner than that, I think in the next couple of weeks we'll find out. Um, I, I think we're probably going to get a proper date for for the actual premiere pretty soon. But my guess would be the first week of of October. October, yeah, I was thinking see that Friday on, the third or something. on yeah. the Disney Channel, mm-hmm. and then the show will start airing. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's probably not going to be continuous i don't think that we're gonna see 16 episodes straight i think we're gonna get that that hour premiere then we're probably gonna get a week maybe even two 
and then the show's going to start airing, and it'll probably go in three or four episode chunks, hmm. and there will be breaks in there because they're going to take that 16 episodes and they're going to stretch it out. Um, it's yeah. probably going to take as long as a normal season takes, but it'll be less frequent, I think. Um, and I, the reason why I say that is because of what Disney XD has done with, uh, with um, uh, Tron Uprising. They definitely uh, sort of like pieced that out over a while. And uh, and even oh, that show had some issues. It it, it had bad ratings, uh, mostly because they didn't market it properly and people didn't know it was on. Yeah. But I, yeah. uh, Gravity Falls is another show. Gravity Falls is a really big hit for them, and it's just come back for its second season. But Gravity Falls was one of those shows where it was like they'd air like three new episodes in a row, and then there would be like two months with no episodes, and then they'd air one episode. Jeez. And then two weeks later, they'd air two more new episodes two weeks in a row. And then you'd get, like, another month of no episodes. Like, it was it was really sporadic. Because Disney XD doesn't have set blocks uh, as such. Like, they, they really change up their, their times a lot. So, so I, I mean, I, I would imagine that that's what we're going to see. Even more so in Canada and other other countries that have Disney XD sort of affiliates, because in Canada Disney XD isn't actually run by Disney; it's run by another corporation. It's run by a, a, a Canadian corporation that has licensed out the name Disney XD, and uh, I'm not 100% sure which company has Disney XD. My guess would probably be chorus entertainment because they tend to do almost everything like they they have almost all of our cable channels and they will do really weird stuff like right now we're getting because uh, chorus owns teletoon i'm fairly certain um i and and cartoon network which is very weird because like teletoon had the clone wars right. but cartoon network didn't in canada um and, and right now, Teletoon is, uh, I think Teletoon's not airing any of Adventure Time, or they're airing old episodes, but Cartoon Network in Canada is airing brand new episodes of Adventure Time the same week that they air in the States, which has never happened before, and it's just now happening here. And it's really weird because, like, I'm super behind on Adventure Time. And now all of a sudden I'm watching episodes at the same time as everybody else, even though I haven't seen I don't even know what season it's on. <laughs> but I haven't even seen, like, like past season four, I don't think. And I think that they're airing, like, season six or seven at the moment. And so, like, there's this whole gap of episodes that I don't know that they even ever aired because my DVR doesn't pick them up because they change the days and they change the name of the episode of the, of the shows. And they do all sorts of weird stuff up here. So, uh, and those cable channels, they're just odd. They don't, they're not network. Right. And, right. uh, cartoon network, I think as much as it is a cable channel, especially for you guys in the States, cartoon network is really consistent, right? Like they they, they have their blocks and they sort of, they play the same thing almost every night. Um, but then they have like their their sort of hour or two of new episodes of whatever, whether it's whether it was Clone Wars or uh, or Archer or like whatever else, uh, Adventure Time, regular show, all that stuff. But Disney XD is a very different animal, so I don't know. I don't know what yeah. we're gonna see, but I can definitely see them, like you said, stretching it out a little bit and yeah. you know, making it making it last till like April or May or something like that, especially for the. The May, yeah. Well, I don't think they really care about May sweeps, but uh, I can, but I, I but see. you know the the best news that you can take from this, uh, we don't know that that's officially confirmed that October fourteenth date uh, as the street date. Uh, that's what Amazon says. It could be a placeholder, mm -hmm. but um, if it is in fact the the actual street date, then people can expect to see those hitting s store shelves at the same time. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, uh, I I think that. That international viewers who generally have to wait longer to see these things, uh, they'll be able to get their hands on some clone. Um, sorry, some rebels really quick out of the gate, which I think is a really good thing. Uh, yeah. They, oh yeah. They that they'll be able to go on Amazon and and purchase those those DVDs. Um, 
right now all we have is a DVD, I think, which is yeah, really unfortunate. No Blu-ray, yeah. Yeah. but I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's a, that's the last thing I was going to mention about that was it just looks like it's it's DVD, so yeah. no no thing on Blu-ray. And uh, so the last thing um, I know you had posted about this, Mike. Yeah, and um, had some strong opinions on this, and they they <laughs> they gave us a taste of the theme music that we're gonna hear from Rebels. And uh, check this out. So Mike, I know uh, I I I kind of like it. All right, I, it's got that classic stuff in there, like Kiner said he was gonna do. But mm-hmm. I know you had a little bit issue with issue with it because you thought it might have sounded a little um, like midi-ish, or I, th- I can't remember the exact term you used. Yeah, but, uh, no, that was the term. Was yeah. that it? Okay, but yeah. yeah, I I don't know. I'm down for it. Like I said, yeah, you hear those classic themes and you just can't help but go, yeah, that sounds pretty good. So what is it that that is kind of turning you off? Well, you know, it just when you go back to Clone Wars and you listen to that stuff, and it's the same guy, right? These are both Kevin Kiner. Right. But uh, I, I don't know. There was something about Clone Wars that he was really just kind of hitting it. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of original stuff that was reminiscent or evoked other music uh, from from the, the, the movies. Um, so you would kind of hear it and go like, oh, that sounds a lot like the Bounty Hunter Chase from, uh, from Episode 2. Right, like oh, oh, that sounds a lot like like this other thing from the prequels, and maybe it's because he was drawing from the prequels, and here he's drawing from from the uh, from the original trilogy, and maybe that's the biggest difference. But to me, especially in that sampling, a lot of what we're hearing is he takes like like uh, like four bars from from a classic thing. Mm-hmm. and then drops one part of it and then goes into something completely different like the the beginning and the end of that look like sorry look they sound like i uh, like classic star wars but almost like through a super nintendo <laughs> and then the yeah. middle of it sounds like this completely original piece of music that I actually quite like, right? Like it's like that's the that's the the theme for our our rebels, right? And uh, and I'm cool with that. I like it, but it's just like it it they seem so disjointed and out of place. And the overall quality of it to me sounds just sounds like he's making it on his computer, right? Like, yeah, I could agree there. Yeah, like it just sounds like any any guy. Uh, you know, sort of sitting around in his basement mm-hmm. making music. I, I have a friend who used to make music when we were in high school and, uh, and he'd do, he'd do some really cool stuff. And he had like these synthesizer programs that he'd basically like create a beat and then make a little melody and then sort of lay them over each other and, and just sort of like layer up a, a, a piece of music. And, uh, and it was really neat, but I wouldn't consider it professional quality. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and he could do some catchy stuff because the notes are all there, but the the you know you kind of hear it and go like, well, it sounds like it's electronic, but not in like an intentional way, mm-hmm. right? And to me, that's what this sounds like. This sounds like like I almost like a budget soundtrack, right? Like it just it just doesn't sound like authentic Star Wars to me, and it's really it's really confusing because that that same uh, uh, composer put together such great stuff for the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that uh, the if, if you if you hop over and you listen to Clone War uh, Frontlines right now, 
uh, like one of the latest episodes from from the last season and you listen to the outro music that we use it's that that music from the uh from the ahsoka mm-hmm. arc at the right. end of season five that completely original right uh piece of music that is beautiful and amazing and totally like sounds authentic and like a real piece of of uh of composed and performed music this that we just played just sounds like a computer like it it really sounds like a computer yeah and there's one thing about star wars that i just you cannot mess with it when it comes to the music Music, it is so important and anytime anybody does something with the music that's not just directly sampling or directly like paying homage to it it just sounds like a ripoff to me. You know what I mean? Like, especially when it's not coming out at the best quality. It would be one thing if it was like that, and then it was a full orchestra doing it. Right. But like, it just it sounds so cheap. It sounds like there's notes missing, and it sounds like we're like it's just so abrupt. It just goes from like classic Star Wars to this other thing that like, and I'm not knocking the original composition. I think the original composition is great. I even think the way that he that he weaves the force theme in there is really well done. I disagree with the use of that theme because that's the Skywalker theme and it should only be used for the Skywalkers, but that's that's my opinion. Like that's a the other other sources have definitely used that music, but in my opinion, that music should only ever be used when when a Skywalker is standing on a sand dune looking yeah. at setting suns, right? Like, <laughs> like that's the yeah. only time that should ever be used. Like, it, you can use it for Luke, you can use it for Anakin, you can use it for Vader, you can use it for Leia. That is it, or any new Skywalkers we may meet soon. Um, but yeah, like that, it shouldn't be used for for Kanan and Ezra. Yes, they're Jedi. But like, there's there's a theme for that, right? Like, there's there's the 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 theme of the Force. If you want to use the theme of the Force, I would like that's where I would lean and not use Luke Skywalker's theme, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of bugs me a little bit. But I can get past that because that's just a mentality that I have. That's a personal thing that I associate that piece of music very specifically with Luke Skywalker, and it shouldn't be used in any other way unless you're trying to say look at anakin skywalker he used to be like luke skywalker and then he turns into darth vader right like that's that's really the only time it gets used in the prequels is when you're trying to to evoke the idea that like look like this father and son right Mm -hmm. but these two characters who are not related to the skywalkers in any way using that theme it just kind of rubs me the wrong way but that aside it's like that beginning and end just sound like they're tacked on and especially that beginning sounds like like it starts going into star wars and then it just cuts off and turns into something else Mm -hmm. that doesn't match that's not even like part of the same song you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's just it feels really weird and i don't know if it's because Maybe like he because he's got to do the thirty seconds, and somebody said to him like, "You have to use this, and you have to use this here in the middle. You can do whatever you want, right?" <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I just I don't know that anybody at Lucasfilm would be doing that, would be saying that. But it just uh, it it sounds wrong to me. It doesn't sound finished. I can so. agree that it does have sort of a made in your computer type you know sound to it like obviously that's not an orchestra or anything so yeah. i i definitely agree with you there you know when we a lot of times when we were talking about the clone wars anytime i'd hear like just a, a little inkling of a, a original trilogy or a prequel theme you're like oh wow that's cool i mean i'd love to hear that more well according to tim who was on our last episode who got to go and see the yeah. first episode mike he did say you know be ready because it's going to be a lot of from what i from what i remember him saying a lot of classic yeah. themes in there so we'll see if it changes like if it sounds any different coming from the tv and if if they change it up at all or if it, it it's a little different we'll see how that goes and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it when the episodes hit uh, proper but yeah for sure well even we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the to the machine and the ghost because okay it's, yeah that's it's definitely in there but. right oh yeah yeah 
So let's let's do that. Let's talk about unless you got anything else you want to jump to. Uh, no, let's uh, let's let's jump into uh, the first the extended uh, preview and okay. then uh, and then we'll go into uh, the machine and the ghost. Why don't you uh, you want to you want to take the first three uh, paragraphs and then I'll play a little uh, sure clip. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, so this is from the seven minute preview that we got. Uh, So this is just sort of recapping it. Uh, Teenage orphan Ezra Bridger stands on the balcony of a remote spire and looks out at the vast grassy plains of his home planet of Lothal. His quiet moment is interrupted when a massive Imperial Star Destroyer flies overhead. Ezra leaves the tower and takes off across the plains on a speeder bike, heading for a large city off in the distance. Inside the city, bystanders watch helplessly as two Imperial officers harass a Gotal street vendor. Ezra walks in on the commotion, pretending to be a poor beggar looking for food, and discreetly swipes a comlink from the belt of one of the officers. He then lures the Imperials away by impersonating their commander and calling in a fake emergency over the comlink. The Imperials leave the Gotal alone in the street, and Ezra returns to help the merchant to his feet. He helps himself to some of the merchant's jogan fruit, then climbs onto a rooftop and out of sight. Looking down on an Imperial supply depot, Ezra is amused by the confusion his phony transmission has created. Suddenly, he senses something odd. He looks around and notices a mysterious man standing alone in the street. Ezra watches with fascination as the man, a former Jedi named Kanan Jarrus, signals to Zeb a large, muscular, purple alien hiding in the shadows and Sabine, a young woman wearing brightly colored Mandalorian armor, standing nearby. Your identification, now. I'm just trying to sell a couple of Yogans here. All trade must be registered with the Empire. I remember what it was like before your ships showed up, before you Imperials ruined Lotho like the rest of the galaxy. This is LRC-01. I'm bringing in a citizen under a charge of treason. Copy that, LRC-01. Dispatch to cell block AA-33. Take him away. You can't do this! Um, well, well, who's gonna stop us? You? You? <laughs> hey, mister, a spare Yogan? Move along, Lothrat. Sorry, sorry, not looking for trouble. But it sure is a way of finding me. All officers to the main square. This is a code red emergency. It's your lucky day, Lothal scum. You two, come with us. Stay on alert. Repeat, this is a code red. Thank you. No, thank you. Wait, wait, what are you doing? Hey, the kid's gotta eat. Who is that kid? We have reached the location and we are standing by. Almost. That was weird. I... Okay, Mike, there's there's actually a reason why I wanted to feature that particular couple of uh, scenes there. Mm -hmm. And... And here's the first thing that kind of jumped out at me when I first saw this is, you know, we saw the Empire in, in Episode 4, and they had already got the Death Star, and they were doing their thing. But but here, we're seeing here why, or it looks like we're going to see here, why the Empire was so feared and why in Return of the Jedi there was such a celebration when they were taken down. I mean, these guys are just, they're going around the galaxy, and as you heard in that clip, they're just... They're just doing what they want. I mean, they're arresting people for whatever reason they want to, throwing them in, you know, it's like, hey, throw them in prison because he's not listening to what we're trying to tell him, you know, and they just have this this grasp on a galaxy already. I guess not already. Mm-hmm. It's, we're, we're pretty far into into it. But that was kind of the first thing that jumped out at me was just how how forceful and how how much of a stranglehold the Empire already has on uh, on on the planets around them and the galaxy, so that kind of that kind of jumped out at me too. And then of course the, se- the second thing you kind of heard it there. We saw some of the we heard some of the classic music, and Ezra, and they're showing us Ezra feeling 
the force and feeling other people in the force, but he doesn't know yeah. that yet. So we're going to find out how he learns about that. So what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely bo- uh, both of the points that you made. Uh, the the just how much the uh, sort of uh, the grip of the empire is is coming to uh, sort of these uh, outer parts of the galaxy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and how everybody's already so afraid. Um, right. It's uh, it, it is it is very interesting to get to see this part of the Star Wars galaxy, right? Because we know that the Empire is bad, but we only really saw it from the viewpoint of, of the Rebel Alliance, and specifically from Luke and, and Han and Leia, right? So we kind of just see them being chased down by Darth Vader and and uh, and all of the sort of lackeys and minions that go along with that. Mm-hmm. But here we're seeing you know, I uh, sort of what would have been going on behind the scenes and on Tatooine when I, when they were looking for those droids, right. Sort of the, the, the thing that people would have had to deal with there or, um, why Lando is so quick to make a deal with Darth Vader, mm-hmm. right. Because he wants to avoid them leaving a garrison on, on Bespin. So, um, like that's sort of this I think what this will do much like how the Clone Wars really fleshed out the Jedi and and the the Republic army and the clones um, this is going to flesh out the Empire for us and we're really going to get to see just why there needs to be a rebel alliance not just hear about it not just sort of get that sort of like the flash of it um, but to really see how this affects the everyday person. The other part of it that I really like is, uh, is as I said very early on, I, from the very first moment that, that we were properly introduced to Ezra, mm-hmm. he is space Aladdin. <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah. it, it, it kind of goes along with the whole Disney thing. There's a lot of people who, are, who get upset whenever you bring up that it's Disney, you know, sort of producing Star Wars stuff now. And they're like, oh, I'm so... I'm worried that Disney's gonna gonna ruin Star Wars and right. they're, they're gonna Disney fight everything. It, yeah. It's like, you know what? There's a lot of really great Disney stuff out there. It's not and, uh, a bad thing, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like, if we get Space Aladdin out of Ezra Bridger, then uh, then then I'm I'm all for it because I really like, I really like what he does here. Like, I love this moment mm-hmm. with him where he he takes advantage of of his street smarts takes the comm link and then tricks these guys and then goes and it, and we find out that it's not entirely for uh, idealistic or altruistic purposes like right. he, he totally has an ulterior motive and and just wants some fruit for himself right <laughs> yeah like he sees an opportunity there so yeah. uh much like he's he's gonna see an opportunity in a second so um, oh, yeah, yeah yeah i i really like that and then the last thing that i'll say is that music to introduce kanan like that's what I'm talking about when I say, mm-hmm. like, like there's lots of music that you can pull from to evoke certain things, and that definitely does. That piece of music evokes Obi Wan for right. me, right? Oh like, yeah, that's, definitely. That's who I think of when I hear that, <clears throat> and so being introduced to Kanan to that music to those strings, right? Those really high strings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's perfect because now I know everything I need to know about. Kanan in this moment, right? We're sort of hearing that whistling in in Ezra's ears um, that he's sensing Kanan with the Force, and then there it is, right? You hear the music, and you're like, "Oh, he's a Jedi. He's right. totally a Jedi, <laughs> right?" So yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's I, I, if it's used well, I think it's I think it's perfect. I think it's great to use that music, but uh, when it's not done well, you know, it kind of bugs me. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I got another clip that will feature at the end of this, but uh, and I'll just say it looks like that we at least a seven seven minute preview is the opening uh, sequence to this to this series. So I think unless you think it's somewhere else, Mike, but it seems no, to me I think this opening. is very this this is very possibly in the very first episode. Right, right. Yeah, so there's a lot of varies in there, but. Yeah, it uh, continues here. Sabine casually walks past the Imperial Post, nonchalantly tosses a thermal detonator onto one of the speeder bikes, and disappears around the corner. The speeder bike explodes, throwing the Imperials into chaos. An officer tells his men to get some very valuable crates to safety and protect them at all costs. 
the urgency of the order piques Ezra's curiosity. Uh, I'll continue. Three troopers race down a narrow street, towing the crates on the backs of their speeder bikes. Kanan blocks the road with a large land speeder, stopping the bikes in their tracks. He kicks one pilot off his bike, shoots another square in the chest, and trades blaster fire with the third. More stormtroopers come running to join the firefight, but Zeb sneaks up behind them and beats them down with his bare hands. So, you know, in through all this, you see Kanan actually coming to the aid of Ezra. He's not, you know, he's kind of helping him, but, you know, he's going to try to catch him too, but he's trying to keep him safe from the stormtroopers and all that, so that was kind of cool. Anything else you wanted to, uh, that you enjoyed in this, Mike? Uh, I love I love Zeb. That, my, this is one of my favorite things about this show so far, is that I I can't nail down a favorite character. I couldn't tell yeah. you which one of these characters is my favorite yet. Right. Obviously, we we need a little bit more time with them before that can happen. But what is so important about that mentality is that, like I don't even know which one of these characters is my favorite. Is that they're all so strong, and in these opening moments. Um, each of them is very well introduced and we and very clearly defined but then they also have all of these other great aspects to them so they're going to be fun characters to explore because zeb when you first get introduced to him here you think oh he's just the muscle right but then later on in this preview we find he's he's pretty funny too right like he's he's got his his sense of humor so um it's uh, I I I'm just loving all of these characters so much. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing such a great job of introducing them. And I just think I think Zeb has a lot of really great moments in 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 this sequence. Just in this yeah, exactly. Just yeah. in the sequence. And there was no 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 uh no surprise that Tim thought that he was kind of like the standout of the uh yeah. of that first thing. So uh you want to read a couple? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, before Kanan and Zeb can collect their cargo, Ezra swoops down and rides off on one of the Imperial speeders, with the crates still attached. Kanan and Zeb give chase on the two remaining bikes. Sabine jumps down from a rooftop and lands on the two crates on the back of Ezra's speeder. She disconnects one of them and warns Ezra that if the big guy catches you, he'll end you. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a great moment where we sort of get uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of, of Sabine's character, so... Um, I'll continue here. Yeah. Uh, the speeder chase continues onto a highway leading out of the city. Two more Imperial troopers join the pursuit and open fire on Ezra. Zeb extends his collapsible electrostaff and knocks one of the troopers off his bike. Kanan surprises the second Imperial by pretending to surrender, but tosses him an armed thermal detonator instead. He then signals for Zeb to stay behind and guard the cargo, and Zeb begrudgingly agrees. Kanan disconnects the crates from the back of his bike and speeds ahead to catch Ezra. So this is the moment that I'm talking about where Zeb is kind of like... Yeah. They, <laughs> I love it because Kanan being sort of the, their commander, he, uh, he, he does all the things with his hands and Zeb just looks at him and it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I, why, I, why wouldn't you just tell me? Yeah. Right? Like, why can't you just speak? Like, um, like you can tell that he's kind of annoyed with it that, that like, Kanan... I think Kanan plays that fearless leader and Zeb kind of sees through it a little bit um, because as we know from his backstory, he's Zeb is a sort of like a warrior, right? Like he comes from a warrior people. So, so I think that that he's a, there'll be like, there'll be a tension there, but there'll be a lot of comedy around it as well. Right. Um, Where it's like, yeah, I, I guess I take orders from you, but, uh, Oh boy, you're you're obnoxious. So I, I just I like that moment. I like the interplay between the characters. Yeah, yeah, and it actually finishes up. There's another another funny scene with with him sure. as well. Uh, yeah, we'll finish it up here. Kanan cuts off Ezra's escape, forcing him to come to a stop. As the two of them argue over who has the right to steal the Imperial cargo, a Tie Fighter swoops down on them from the sky. Ezra sees the fighter coming and takes off on his bike, but Kanan has just enough time to dive for cover before the Tie's laser fire strafes the highway and destroys his speeder he gets up and calls for a lift as the tie pilot turns his attention to ezra ezra speeds across the plains away from the city dodging laser fire from the fighter on his tail and hoping that the cargo he stole is worth all this trouble 
A laser blast cripples his speeder bike, throwing Ezra to the ground. He looks up as the TIE fighter circles back around to finish him off. If Kanan catches that kid, I'm gonna end him. Who are you? I'm the guy who was stealing that crate. Hey, look, I stole this stuff, whatever it is, fair and square. And you made it pretty far, but I've got plans for that crate. So today's not your day. Mm, day's not over. Oh, wonderful. Have a good one. This is Spectre One. I need a lift. must really be worth it. Better be worth it! So, Mike, we find out that... Well, actually, we don't find out. We don't know what's in those crates. And mm -hmm. it's, I, you know, I'm kind of intrigued to see what the heck is in those crates or if it's just one of those plot devices to, to get those two together. We don't know, yeah. but we'll see. But uh, one of the other things I loved about this one particular scene was Kanan after... Ezra was able to uh, vest him a little bit. You get a smile from Kanan, like, "Wow, you know, this kid is is more than I thought." Or he's just kind of like an admiration, or just kind of like, "Hey, this is, you know, it's he's got something, you know." And he has that yeah. smile, that smirk, like, "Okay, you know, good one, good for you, kid. You know, I'll catch up to you, but that was a good one." And mm -hmm. and he did, and and he did earlier. He sensed something, and we kind of talked about that. How how Ezra had sensed something. Yeah. You know, Kanan also sent something in the force and, and turned around and just missed him. But uh, but it finishes off my, like I said, this is, looks like it's going to be the beginning of, and we're, they're introducing the characters and we're seeing what's going on. So, uh, you know, everything, and, and apparently, like, from the people that have seen it said, like, if you like this, I mean, it, the, the story totally goes crazy from here on out. So if you like this, like I said, you're in for a real treat. I think we're all in for a, a real treat on this, on this show. So... What do you, yeah, think, what you think at the end here? Just anything else you want to add to that? Uh, no, I mean, I, I just think, uh, I, I think, we, like you said, we're we're in for an excellent show. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited, and uh, and I'm really uh, I'm really pleased with what we're seeing. There was a bit there where it was kind of touch and go, right? Where where we weren't seeing a lot. Uh, we were just kind of seeing these little tidbits right. and clips, yeah. and it wasn't really coming together for me. Um, and I was still excited for it, but it it's just it was just kind of missing a little bit of something. Mm -hmm. But now that we're starting to see the finished product, it's it's all there, uh, and uh, and I'm really excited about it. So, and you know, this you had mentioned before we started that this next uh, little recap we're going to do is one of the things that really changed your mind, and that was the short we got. It was about a three minute short called "The Machine in the Ghost" featuring Hera and Chopper and uh, Kanan. So let's talk about that, Mike. Um, I guess yeah. we could start with some of the recap here. It's uh, the Ghost, a bulky but well-armed freighter vessel, flies through space with four Imperial TIE fighters in hot pursuit. Hero Sundula, the ship's Twilight pilot, gets on the intercom and sarcastically suggests that if her comrade, Kanan, would blow the ties away, no one would miss them. As Kanan climbs up the ladder to the ship's swiveling gun turret, he grumbles that Hera didn't give him much warning. She quips back that raiding an Imperial supply convoy was his plan in the first place. So we're immediately treated, Mike, to the kind of, it's almost like a hand Leia type thing, it almost seemed like. I mean, I don't know if there's any kind of love connection there, but they're able to trade quips back and forth and still get that job done, kind of like, kind of like we've seen in the original trilogy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, you want to switch off, or should we... On the, on sure, the yeah, I, I'll keep going. Okay. Uh, uh, Kanan settles into the gun controls and quickly blasts one of the ties into dust. The remaining fighters strafe the ghost with laser fire, damaging the ship's deflector shields and starting a small fire in the cockpit. Chopper, Hera's astromech droid, extinguishes the flames and sets about repairing the shield console. 
Um, one thing that I'll point out is right off the bat, this feels like classic Star Wars. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, um, uh, and one of my favorite things is the blaster fire mm-hmm. and the explosions look like the old effects. Yes. yes. And, uh, and it just, man, it takes me right back. As I said, I, I posted this on Facebook right after I watched it. I, I posted the video so that my non-hardcore Star Wars friends might might take a look. And, and I said, like, this clip, out of everything that we've gotten so far, this whole clip is, or sorry, we should say short uh, story or whatever, it has got me the most excited because this hits all of my Star Wars buttons. It's basically <laughs> yeah. the Millennium Falcon escape from the Death Star, right? Like the like the music, the the what's going on, like the, the sort of the the banter back and forth, um, the, everything about it, like the the turrets, everything is is so reminiscent of that. And then the character interaction is so spot on. Yes. And like you said, Han and Leia, mm-hmm. right. it's there, right? Um, We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the end of this, but right. but it's definitely there. There's an aspect there that I really like. So yeah, definitely something that was unexpected. So yeah, let's let's keep talking about it. the ghost is rocked yeah. by more laser blasts. Hera tries to scold Kanan for not destroying the ties quickly enough, but she can't reach him because the ship's intercom system has been damaged. So she orders Chopper to go fix the problem. With indignant beeps and grunts, the droid protests that he is still busy fixing the shields. But Hera insists that he get the comms working so that she and Kanan can coordinate during the battle. As Chopper rolls out of the cockpit, Hera tells the droid to ask Kanan to please hit something. Um, go ahead, Michael. Sorry. Yeah, uh, Chopper bangs on the ladder to the gun turret to get Kanan's attention and relay Hera's message. But Kanan is preoccupied as he blows away a second Imperial fighter. He tells Chopper to forget about the comms as he doesn't need to talk to Hera at the moment and orders the droid to return to the cockpit and get the shields fixed. As the irritated droid rolls away, Kanan yells after him to tell Hera to fly better. That was so a great that's, one too. That's that, that banter that we're talking about. And I love that, that the comms are down, so so they're using him. Uh, Chopper <laughs> as the go-between. Yeah. And he just gets progressively more and more upset with them. Right. I I love the line too about flying better and she and yeah. Hera is gonna come back in a minute a second here she's uh, as it continues Chopper returns to the cockpit and delivers Kanan's message in response Hera pulls the ship into a tight loop that brings her around behind the two remaining Tie Fighters she activates uh, the Ghost forward cannons and destroys one of the Ties herself she then tells uh, she then tells Chopper to tell Kanan that he should be able to finish off the last fighter on his own and here's kind of what that sounds like oh yeah and when you see Hera tell her to fly better he said that did he glad to do everything myself Kanan's targets by half. Tell our fearless leader he should be able to handle one lone TIE fighter on his own. What was that? Mike, I mean, just a little quick clip there, and, and like you said, it just had, it, it just was. It was like I was listening to a classic OT moment there. I mean, the music, yeah. the music, the 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 dialogue, the effects, like you said, Mike, the effects, the, the targeting computer, the way it, they were blowing up, uh, all that stuff. I mean, it was just right out of uh, the OT. So it just had everything, man. It's like you said, it just hit hit that spot and you're like wow like you said this is yeah this is a lot better than i even hoped it would be so uh 
just a, and and of course great dialogue like I said and, and the banter between the two it looks like these two are going to be fun to watch uh, throughout the series too so uh, let's, yeah. let's finish it off Mike um, instead of following Hera's orders Chopper rolls right past Kanan into, into the cockpit of the Phantom a small shuttle docked on the rear hull of the Ghost as the last time makes a run at the Ghost from behind Chopper powers up the Phantom's cannons and destroys the fighter himself uh, Chopper returns to the cockpit to find Hera and Kanan getting intimately close and congratulating each other on their respective flying and shooting skills. The droid indignantly objects, and Hera gives him his due credit for taking out the last fighter. Kanan and Hera take their seats in the cockpit while ordering Chopper to finish repairing the shields and comms, and the ghost blasts off into hyperspace. So this is yeah. this is the moment that gets me right at the end, because I'm like mm-hmm. grinning from ear to ear the whole time, Going like, man, I love this. This is great. This is classic Star Wars. This is what we were promised when we were introduced to the Twilight, remember? Right. Like, they were like, oh, it's going to be like their home base. It's like the Millennium Falcon, but it's Anakin's ship, and it's got all this character to it, and they're going to spend all this time on it. And then we never saw the Twilight. It was never anything. (laughs) It was in, like, five episodes. Um, But... Here, we get all of that stuff that we were promised. Finally. Right. Finally. We've got a new Millennium Falcon, right? Like, if we can't be cruising around in the Millennium Falcon, at least we can cruise around in the Ghost, which is kind of the same thing, but with a couple of extra little cool things to it. Mm -hmm. One of which is that fighter on the back, and when Chopper rolls into that, he takes out the ship, and then he does, like, his little, like... Like he does, like his little like raise the roof thing with his <laughs> with his arms. Right. It's just like I I get that that he is if like uh, Dave Filoni says if R two is a dog then Chopper is a cat, right? Like he's he's got so much personality to him and he's got that aspect where he's just kind of he's just, he doesn't want to do what they tell him so he just goes and does it himself. Um, and then you go through all of that awesome stuff. And you get to this moment where the doors open, and totally surprisingly, we see Hera and Kanan getting really close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and we're hinting at at a romantic connection between the two of them, which is not a thing that I knew that I wanted, but now that it's yeah, there, yeah. I'm just like, yes, yes, I want all of that, and I want it in every episode, and I like I like that it's it's kind of clear that. They they've got something for each other and there there's a relationship there, but it seems like they're trying to keep it on on sort of the down low and and uh, and sort of under the radar so that everybody else doesn't know about it. But uh, it's got me really excited for when my my copy of uh, A New Dawn shows up. I've got that advanced reader copy mm-hmm. that that Andy from uh, the Flash podcast grabbed for me at San Diego Comic Con. He sent it. And it should be here by the end of the week, and I'll be reading it as soon as I get it, because I want to know everything I can about these characters. So this is where, like, Hera was not a character that was on my radar particularly. But now, like, we see her flying skills, first of all, so that that bumps her up. Mm -hmm. And then this connection with her and Kanan. um, For me, the thing that is the best about this show so far is not just the individual characters, but how those characters all interact with each other and the relationships that they have and everything that we can see so far. In the clips that we've seen, we see that there's like a really cool sort of uh, big brother, little brother thing going on with Zeb and Ezra. Mm -hmm. And then there's the master and apprentice thing between Kanan and Ezra. And then, like I said, there's sort of this uh, this, uh, commander and reluctant soldier uh, story going on between Kanan and, and Zeb and now we get this romantic thing between Hera and and Kanan so it's just it's so much about all of these different relationships and how these characters are going to interact with each other and I think that's where we're going to see the stories the the plot of who, who cares what's in, in the, the crates right, yeah. because that's not what's important what's important is how these characters interact with one another Right, and I think that's what we're going to see a lot of the time. We're going to get a lot of missions. We're going to get a lot of, oh, we have to get X to Z in order to accomplish, you know, whatever. Um, but 
at the end of the day, it's it's how do these characters work together uh, as a group, as 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 a family, right? Because that's what we're really starting to feel here, and that's got me really excited because that is the plot of of the three Star Wars movies is not important. Like, I'm sorry, I hate I hate to be that guy and to say that, but blowing up the Death Star is not what makes the first Star Wars movie, right? Like, that's not why we watch A New Hope. Mm. It's it's meeting Luke for the first time on Tatooine. It's, it's discovering that Obi-Wan Kenobi is a Jedi Master. It's running into Han Solo and Chewbacca in the cantina and, and rescuing Princess Leia and, and the fact that, that she rescues herself, right? Like, right. by the time that they get there, she's just like... You know, like, it, all of that stuff is why we love Star Wars. And Rebels seems to have all of that. Mm-hmm. So when they say that this is really... Um, the Clone Wars was fun, and it, it, it existed in the prequels. And, and I know that there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of kids out there. And they're not even kids anymore. There's a lot of people who were kids who are now adults um, that, that have grown up on the prequels and the Clone Wars. And uh, and they they really look at that as their Star Wars, but I think you agree with me when you when when we look at Rebels, and you're seeing our Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? right? Which is the original trilogy. Yeah. And it's all it's all in there, and uh, and to get it hopefully on a regular weekly basis uh, for 16 episodes to begin with is just so exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting. It's got me really amped. Yeah. So and and we've got not this is this uh, the machine and the ghost is the first of what will be four of these these shorts that are gonna play mm-hmm. uh, on Monday nights on on Disney XD after new episodes of Gravity Falls. So first of all, if you don't watch Gravity Falls, you should be watching Gravity Falls because it's a great cartoon. Um, it's it's silly, but it's kind of got this really cool mythology underneath it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very when I say cartoon, it's very much a cartoon. But I watch that and then stick around and watch these these rebels these uh, shorts, uh, yeah. short stories because if if this is an indicator of of the the level of quality we can expect, then then we're in for some cool stuff. Yeah, just to, just to finish up, I'll, I'll piggyback on what you said. Like we had no idea that there was going to be some kind of and. and you know, not just to say there is, but there's definitely something going between um, Hera and and Kanan. So, so mm-hmm. seeing that, like you said, it was kind of a cool little take, and I, and I love that. And and just the overall vibe, like we talked about, just like you like you heard that clip. I mean, you just you heard it all. You heard the, the music, like I talked about the music, the the dialogue, and and just the effects and everything. It's just wow. This this is so much more than than I thought it was going to be. So I'm pleasantly surprised, and and that's just a little tiny piece of it so I can't wait to see more so that uh, that's it though Mike that's it for this week yeah that's it uh, so we'll be back soon yeah. to go over uh, uh, a couple more of these uh, uh, short stories uh, but in the meantime uh, you can uh, you can go back and listen to our, our first five episodes if you haven't done that um, and you can keep your eyes peeled on Rebels Podcast Dot com. That's our website, and Tim does an awesome job of keeping that up to date oh, yeah. with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news. Now, like, there might be other sites that maybe get stuff before us, but uh, pretty much everywhere else on the internet I find is is general Star Wars. So if you're looking for Rebels-specific news, then rebelspodcast.com is the best place to go. I mean, uh, Tim gets the news up there before I even find out about yeah, it. Yeah, he does. Right? Yeah. Like, like uh, most of the time I'm reading Rebels news from our own website and, uh, and it's the first place that I'm seeing it. So, um, it's, it's, I really think that, that he does a great job that it's the best resource on the internet for all of your Star Wars Rebels news and, and info and like all the clips and everything. Like he posts them right away. So, right. Uh, check that out at rebelspodcast.com you can also follow us on twitter the username is at rebelspodcast and over on facebook at facebook.com 
slash Rebels Podcast. And uh, <clears throat> we want to know what you guys think. Uh, it, it's not too early to start sending in your thoughts. Yeah, and you fine. can do that uh, by sending in your emails to uh, rebelspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, or is it is it Rebels Podcast or The Rebels Podcast? You know what? I don't know. I didn't even know that we had an email. <laughs> yeah, okay, I just checked. It's rebelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, so it's so I think that might be one of the first times that we've put that out there. For yeah, you guys I think to, it has. Yeah. To email us. But uh, definitely uh, let us know what you thought about the the seven-minute clip and, and this first of the short stories and, uh, and, and, and the subsequent ones that will come out. Because um, we want to hear what you guys think. Definitely, we, yeah. We're really excited, but... We want to hear how excited you guys are. Yeah. So, uh, so hopefully we'll hear from you guys on our next episode, which will be in a couple weeks. But for now, uh, that does it. So thank yeah. you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time.